Well, good morning. Everybody looks awake. The coffee was good. We're all right. Um, I saw a Netflix ad once. Well, I've seen lots of Netflix ads, but um, this particular one, it said, uh, all dreams deserve to be seen. All stories deserve to be shared. And it goes further. It went, it went further. It said, the world needs your story. So show them, which sounds lovely. Um, but it wasn't really the point, was it? Because it was a Netflix ad. So at the end of the ad, it said, discover the world's stories, obviously, on Netflix. But that raises a dilemma for me. Because Netflix says they are showing the world's stories, uh, but they're not showing my story. You can't find my story on Netflix, sorry. They, as far as I know, don't have any plans to produce my story. Uh, they haven't told me about any of those plans yet anyway. I'm expecting a call any day, actually I'm not. But if that's so, then, you know, they said though that, that my story, that the world needs my story. So how am I going to get my story out there? How am I going to get my story to be seen, to be shared? I need to figure this out. I mean, the world needs my story. Netflix told me so. But does the world really need my story? I mean, I'm just a regular guy doing really pretty regular things in a regular way. Is that the story that the world needs? not so entertaining as a lot of the stories that Netflix already has. Um, it's not as impressive. It's not as interesting. Not as mysterious. Not, not any of those kind of fun things. Um, there's a reason that Netflix hasn't called for the rights of my story. Who would want to watch it? So the question then becomes, what on earth can I do to make my story something that people would want to watch? Something that people would remember, that they would tune into and pay attention to and respect and remember. How am I going to show people that my story is valuable, that my story is worth something? Which is an important question because um, if they recognize that my story is valuable, doesn't it prove that I am myself valuable? That's the real goal, isn't it? If everybody ignores me, what does that say about me? Am I not worth their attention? Can I still be valuable if nobody recognizes my value? I mean, nobody wants to feel worthless. So people generally work pretty hard um, to get other people to recognize their value, whether that's at school or at work or these days, especially online, trying to collect followers and influence and all the rest. But all of this is pretty hard. I'm sure you know, the world is already full of lots of interesting people doing interesting things. Lots of people with unique skills who are uh, saying and doing things so well. Um, just insanely cool people who just, whatever they do, it's cool. Uh, it's hard to stand out in a world like this. How on earth am I supposed to create a valuable identity for myself 
that people will recognize as valuable in a world that's already so full and already so loud. Now, I don't know if you noticed, I just said, how am I supposed to create an identity for myself? And nobody blinked. And the reason is you're very used to hearing phrases like that. It's normal. That's how the world, that's how we talk. The basic assumption of the world is that my identity is my creation. I am the one that must create that for myself. And that's meant, to be, um, that's meant to be freeing. That's meant to be liberating. That, you know, I'm not bound by anyone or anything. I can make up whatever identity I want for myself. Nobody can stop me. I don't need to be limited by anything. Even, even now, even my own body or, or whatever. I, my life is my story, so I am the author. And I can write my story however I want. So if I want my story to be valuable and important, if I want myself to be valuable and important, then I need to write something for myself that is valuable and important. Ah, but all of a sudden that freedom, we can do, you can be whatever you want, you can make your own identity. Okay, but all of a sudden that freedom starts to look a lot more like intense pressure. If I'm going to make something valuable, I've got to make it myself. I've got to prove it somehow. And that's a tall order. Because being the author of your life is actually a lot harder than it looks. I mean, it's fine, it's great, as long as everything is going according to your plan. But what happens when the plot of the story that I'm trying to write for myself kind of twists out of my control, twists off in a direction that I didn't tell it to go? When um, I put the work in, but I still get passed over. Or when the person I care about doesn't care about me in return. Or when the sickness, the sickness comes on exam day when I needed most to be well. In a moment like that, or so many other kinds of moments, it's harder to claim authorship for my own life. Because when you think about authors, are supposed to be all-knowing, right? If you're writing a story, an author is all-knowing, they're all-powerful, they're able to guide the story however they want, guide every character, make sure all the threads come together at the end just exactly the way they want. That's what an author can do. And they can always get there every time because they're in complete control. But as much as I'd like to do that for my own life, I have to recognize I can't. I can control some things. I can control my own choices. I can control the choices uh, that, you know, how I respond to circumstances. But I can't control the choices of other people. I can't control the circumstances that are happening to me many times. There's really not a lot I can do about a lot of the events around me. So when reality doesn't line up with my plan, when it twists off in a direction that I didn't tell it to go, then it shows me pretty clearly that I am actually not the author of my own life, of my own story. I'm inside the story. I'm trying to make the best choices I can. Uh, in other words, it looks a lot more like I'm a character in this story, not the one who's writing it. 
when I try to act like an author in the story I, of my own story, I end up probably maybe angry, maybe frustrated, maybe depressed because the people around me won't stop going off the scripts that I'm writing for them. The scenes that I set for myself don't always look like the scenes that I'm actually in. People keep acting like they're in charge and I should be going on their script instead of them going on my script. I mean, what are they thinking, right? Come get with the program, people. But reality check is that I can't be the author of my own story. I'm in the story. I'm actually a character. But if I'm a character in the story, then there's something bigger than me going on. I'm part of something. Uh, I'm not the whole story. Netflix was saying that the world needs my story as if my story is something totally separate from every other individual. Um, but that's not how reality works. My life is not like this one little autobiography that's, you know, got two covers on it and it's going to slide up on the shelf with, along with billions of other little tiny auto autobiographies um, and it's a self-contained thing. No, my life is part of something. Uh, it's a part of a much, much bigger story and everybody else's life is in it too. So we're all part of the same story. And, th and that's, that can... Um, that could that could be a bit scary as well because i mean is my life going to get lost in this huge story with all these characters that's going on um so far beyond my lifetime do you know my story is 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 part of this big thing does my life matter at all though because it's part of something that's so big can i create uh, how could I create value and worth for myself when I really don't have much control over what's going on and how this story is going? Well, um, King David wrote about this in the Bible. Um, he wrote a prayer to God in Psalm 139. If you want us to turn there. Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, he says this. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. David's saying that the maker of the galaxies, the one who invented all of this, he stooped to build my body. And he built it according to his plan. I'm not mass produced. You are not mass produced. We're not here as an accident. God made you as a work of living art, carefully designed you. The greatest artist ever designed you specifically. Every detail of your body was formed according to his plan. 
according to his purpose because he wanted you to be a character in his story. David says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God has a book. Every single day is written in it. God has a story. He wrote me into it. He wrote you into it every single day. But the book belongs to God. He's the author, not me. So we are characters placed in this story, but the story is much, much bigger than we are. The story is not your autobiography. It does not start, it does not begin with your birth. It does not end with your death. But still, the author gave you a role in this story, a role that no one else can fill. He invented you specifically to fill a gap in his plot because evidently, the story of eternity would not be complete without you in it. And that's, that's good news. It's good news because it means that instead of this constant pressure to create my own meaning, my own value, my own worth out of just whatever I can, whatever I can find, out of thin air basically, invent my own identity. What you can actually do now, you can discover that you have all of those things already in God. You have a role in something much bigger than yourself, something that is actually truly meaningful for all of eternity. The God of everything knows you, loves you, values you, and crafted you carefully for a meaningful purpose. That means that even if the story that you're in doesn't go according to your plan, even if no one else on earth recognizes your value at all. Your meaning, your purpose, your value, your worth, none of these things can be destroyed because they are not based in the recognition of others or in the success of your plan. And that's a big deal. I mean, where else can you find that kind of security? Money can be lost. Eventually will. Fame, influencer status, all of this stuff is very temporary. Eventually our health and strength fade away. It's only a matter of time. So let's face it, the things that we use to try to prove our worth to each other are all very temporary and very fragile. The plot twists that twist you away from your plan for your life could also twist you away from the value and worth that you're trying to create for yourself. It all falls apart, and it can all fall apart very quickly and very easily. Eventually, you know, we all die. We all lose all of those things. I mean, I was talking to a friend recently who's, who's not a believer, and he his marriage is falling apart. And he said, um, you know, I just don't want to die alone and have nothing to show for it. The plot twist is coming and it's, it's twisting him away from the things that he was building his identity and his value, his, his meaning on. He couldn't control it. And now he doesn't know what his life is even for anymore. But when God breathed life into you and into my friend as well, 
He did that for a reason. History, all of history, is his story, including every detail, every character. And the story that God is writing is, is, is an epic, but it, and it includes all these billions of characters, and yet it's a unified whole that slowly works its way from the beginning in creation, as we, as we were just reading from Genesis, um, all the way through all kinds of trouble and conflict and rising action and right up to climax and final resolution, there is real trouble in the story. There is um, humanity's ongoing rebellion against God, our sin, our, our turning away from him and turning against him. And yet, in spite of that, there is God's love. There is God's salvation and deliverance given by God himself who came into his own story as a man, Jesus Christ, to die the death that our rebellion deserved and rise again in victory over judgment and sin. That's the climax of the story that we're in. And the ending of the story is actually literally heaven for anyone who puts their trust in Jesus. That's the epic that God has put you in and made a place for you. That's the big story, that the story that all of history is telling. But the same God that's writing all of this has a purpose, a specific purpose for you in this story. So your life can be part of the biggest, greatest story that's ever been told. Your short time on this planet, it is short. None of us get very long here compared to the span of history. But our short part on this planet can be, can be con a part that contributes to this unfolding epic of redemption and restoration for God's people and his creation. But what we have to do then is to come to him, accept that gift of salvation, and follow him instead of trying to take his place and trying to become the author instead of him. Now, it sounds straightforward, but it's not easy. It's hard to stop trying to write reality to fit our own plans, isn't it? It's hard to hand over control of our lives to the real author. The role that God has for you in his story is very significant. It is meaningful because it is given by God himself. And it is part of something so important. And yet, it might not be the role that you were writing for yourself. It might not include some of the good things that you really wanted to be part of your story. It might not have the perfect romance or the high power career or the influencer status, or maybe it will. See, I don't know because I'm not the author. It might have some of those things and it might not. What I do know is this, nothing on earth can satisfy you or give you the unshakable security and value and meaning and joy and life that you long for, except God himself. You were made to know him and to follow him. I mean, even the, the, great ro the greatest romance in the world will not cure you of your sin, your selfishness. I'm married to a wonderful woman. It's great, but I'm still selfish. In some ways, that marriage has only highlighted even more to me some of the sin in my own heart. I mean, a big promotion won't necessarily make 
everyone respect you. It might not even make you respect yourself. Extra income won't solve all your problems, and in some cases, it might even create new problems for you. None of these things are bad. These are the things that the world tells us to dream for and live for. And none of them are bad in themselves. They can be good. But none of them can compare to the dreams that God has for you. I mean, are you dreaming of great things for yourself? Well, there's nothing greater than knowing God and experiencing his love. There is nothing even close. Are you working to build a legacy that will outlast you? Well, there's nothing that can outlast God's kingdom. Everything on earth will pass away. God's kingdom will last forever. Do you want people to know your name? Well, the creator of the universe knows your name already. Do you want to gain access to the inner circles of power and influence? Well, the children of the King of Kings Hebrews tells us we are always welcome in the throne room of heaven. There's no greater, there's no further place you can go. There's no greater power. There's no more influential place. You have access there as a child of the king if you belong to Jesus Christ. Do you want your life to make a difference in the world? Well, God has a unique place for you in the greatest rescue story ever told. Jesus calls his people, his bride, his body on earth, the ambassadors of his kingdom. We represent him. We read in Genesis how God gave dominion to humanity over creation. We represent him to creation. We might be small, but our place in this world is extremely significant. God has given us work to do. And it's far more meaningful than anything we could create for ourselves. Every moment of every day, no matter what we're doing, uh, for every citizen of God's kingdom, it, every moment in every action is alive with eternal significance. Every moment is an opportunity to display this never-ending kingdom of God right here in time and space, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And by doing that, we can actually send shockwaves into eternity. I mean, imagine just this tiny little me and tiny little you being given roles like this in the epic of the ages. And we want to know, like, will, will other people see my role as a big one? Will other people measure my role as small and, and overlook it? Well, I'm sorry, who cares really? You have a part to play in the greatest story ever told, a part that was specifically designed for you by the author himself, the smallest of roles in his story is greater, is better, is more significant than the lead role in your own story. Psalm 84 says it this way. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. A doorkeeper? Opening doors is not very impressive. I mean, anybody can open doors. I don't know. You've probably lost count of how many doors you've already even opened today. Children open doors. 
That's why doorkeepers don't get a whole lot of recognition. As far as I know, there's not like a doorkeeper of the year, award ceremony or anything like that. If there's a red carpet, the doorkeeper is not on it. The doorkeeper is beside it. The paparazzi just goes right by them. They're just part of the scenery. Nobody even notices them. That's not the point. Psalm says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, not because opening doors is so great in itself, but how great it is to be in the house of my God. And anything at all we do close to him, for him, is better than anything at all we could do apart from him, no matter how great it seems. One day of menial, ordinary, overlooked work done near to God in service to him is more significant than a thousand days of doing things on our own apart from him, no matter how impressive those things are. In God's book, here in in Psalm um, 84, doorkeepers who work in fellowship with God and faithful service to him are more celebrated than the greatest of human celebrities, than the royalty or whatever, who, who refuse to give up trying to take the author's place. I wonder, do we really value things this way? Would we value one day of overlooked service over a lifetime of success without God? But one thing is for sure, Jesus would. That's how he would value things. Because he said, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. He also said, what good will it be if someone gains the whole world yet forfeits their own soul? So in other words, he's saying that you can reach the very top of every ladder of human success and still lose everything. Or you can gain an eternal reward that can never be lost by giving away a cup of cold water for the sake of God's kingdom. A cup of cold water. Like who even notices that? Who would ever reward just giving away a cup of cold water? That's like nothing. Who would reward that? Well, Jesus would. He said so. He said he is noticing those kinds of acts of obedience and that he rewards them eternally. The message is clear. The significance of our actions here and now is not at all determined by the wealth and applause and these kinds of things that they generate. The significance of our actions here and now is always determined by their connection to God in the story that he is writing which makes even giving a cup of cold water in his name something that everybody would overlook eternally significant. So what I want you to see, what I want you to feel right down to the bottom of your soul is that this is freeing. Because aligning your dreams with God's story means that you can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness without having to worry about how your achievements stack up Again, on the scales of human uh, achievement and measurement. 
You can just joyfully and gratefully take your place that God made for you in his big story and stop living under this pressure trying to be the author of your own meaning and significance. You can be a character. Probably many of you already are characters. Um, No, you can be a character in the story instead of the author. Written in for a specific purpose at exactly this time and place in history. You don't have to know every detail. You don't have to control every detail to know and be confident that every detail has significance. Even your, if your life doesn't go according to your plan, even if it twists off in directions that you didn't want it to go, it can still be part of a bigger, better, more beautiful plan. Your value, your meaning, your significance, all of that is secure if you're in Christ. It means you are free to pursue dreams that the world around you might not recognize as important, might just overlook and measure as small, but you can pursue things that matter for eternity knowing that your creator sees and rewards even cups of cold water given in his name. And that he is using every act of faithful obedience, however big it is, however small it is, to move the plot forward towards this grand finale that he is going to wrap up in the end. He is leading us to this grand finale far better than any dream you could ever write for yourself. Your role might be small in the grand sweep of history. That's okay. There's a reason for it. Your life might be small, but it is part of a big story, a beautiful story of redemption and life, of of love and loss and and restoration, of happily ever beyond, um, happily ever after, you know, beyond imagination. This is God's story. And if you are his, then this is your story. So it turns out Netflix was actually right. More than they knew, the world does need your story. Not because it's big and exciting, not because it's entertaining like the ones that they show. Maybe your story won't go viral. Maybe not many people will even recognize it or or notice. But the world still needs it because you are here for a reason. Your story is not an accident. God puts you here on purpose. And when you follow him, your story becomes a part of his story, this big sweeping story that God is writing through history. So you don't have to go viral for your life to be valuable. Your story doesn't have to be seen by the masses to be meaningful. It is seen by God. That's enough. You can stop trying to prove your own worth, create your own meaning. You already have those things. You are God's special creation. Your value is secure in him, in his love for you. And the question really for all of us is just simply, will we come to him? Will we follow him? Will we let him be the author of our lives and discover the place that he's made for us in his story? Um, I think we have a few minutes here. We could, uh, we could take
a few questions if anybody has any, any thoughts or questions on that. Um, I think it, um, it's a matter of just relentlessly um, soaking in, you know, God's word, his promises, being close, living close to him and, and following in obedience what he says. Um, and, and letting our lives be directed by his word. Mainly, that's the way it's going to come out. It's living in obedience to him, trusting that he knows what is best for us uh, and that his word is the guide for our lives, not my own understanding. Um, Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So in the ordinary everyday of life, it means just simply obeying and trusting God's word, trusting him enough to do what he said. How that looks in individual lives will come out very differently. So how God directs, you know, the, the part that God made for me in his story is different than the part that he made for you. Um, but for all of us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like trusting him enough to follow him and trust and, and obey him over our own understanding of I think this is what's going to be best for me. But God says, this is what's going to be best for me. I'm going to trust him and follow him. So in the, in the normal everyday, this looks like obedience. No, no, we... we Naturally, in our, in our sinful nature, we turn away from God. You know, Adam and Eve said, we know better than God. We're going to create our own good apart from him. And we've all been doing that ever since. So to go against that is hard. Um, and it's not something we are going to be able to do in our own strength. It's something we're going to have to rely on the Lord, that we come to him. Um, John says, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse, to forgive us. That's what we need first, but also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's the one, by the power of his spirit, it, that can help us to actually do, to do this, to, to live out um, this kind of obedience and this, this faith, this life. Okay, so when there's just huge tragedy in people's lives. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are terrible things that happen 
Um, and many lives are, are affected by horrible tragedies. Some, some are much shorter than we would imagine they should be. You know, from our perspective, we look at things and it looks like this world is completely out of control, right? Um, but what we see in scripture is that God is, um, you know, if he set everything right right now, in one way, we'd say, wonderful, all these bad things would stop happening. Um, but what scripture says in Peter is that God has not set things totally right that way because he is patient, waiting for people, at, wanting people to be saved. If God had not left the world this long, we would not know him. Because as soon as God intervenes and sets everything right, he's going to come with perfect justice. Um, and that will, that will be the end, you know. So that, will, that justice, if we're not in Christ, will, will come against us. Um, and if we are in Christ, then, then we'll be saved. But as soon as he wraps up history that way, it's over. Um, so he has allowed the world to continue as a broken reality because he is working to save people. So that, that is his patience. Uh, but also he allows, he allows things to be wrong because if, if everything was right, if we never felt the effects of our sin and the curse, we would never realize our need for the Lord. We would continue in, our, in, our, in walking away from him and just do it comfortably. We need actually to see the broken reality that that our sin has brought into the world. Um, now, you see the specific examples. Some of them are so hard and so bad. Um, and many lives are affected in, in, in horrible ways by uh, the brokenness of, of the world. Um, but uh, we have to say that, you know, God is, well, on one hand, none of us deserves life in the first place. Every day we get is a gift. From the Lord, it is not something that that we that God owes us. Um, and on the other hand, we can say God is sovereign over all these things, and He is working. He can work even terrible things towards good ends. We see that, and also that He is not He is not separate from our suffering. He actually entered into it Himself. Um, he came and took our suffering on Himself in Christ to the cross, was tortured, was killed, died under the weight of our curse to break it and to start to unravel it. So we don't have a God that is far from our suffering. We have a God that has come in to enter it and, um, and redeem us out of it. The specifics of how that all looks in different people's lives, we can struggle with, but we can trust that God sees this, the bigger picture and he knows how all these pieces fit together. But it is hard to trust that. It's once again, it's hard to trust God with our own lives. But it can be hard to trust God with other people's stories as well. When it doesn't look like that's the story they should have. But we can trust the author. Uh, 